I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Mother to us all. Amen. I have many heroes in faith, but many of you know that the one I admire most is Gordon Cosby. I spent time with Gordon before his death in 2013. He was quite old by then, confined to a wheelchair, but he was gracious enough to share his faith and his story with a group of us who had traveled from around the country to sit at his feet to learn about his founding of the small but mighty Church of the Savior in Washington, D.C. A tiny church that has changed its entire neighborhood because of the deep faith commitment of its members, founding all sorts of nonprofits who work with those who are on the margins, whether that's the poorest of the poor, people who are homeless, people with HIV AIDS, those who are dying. The vision for that church arose when Gordon served as a chaplain to the 101st Airborne in World War II. The night before D-Day, as they prepared to invade Normandy, Gordon's superior told him to talk to the men, to prepare them for what they were about to endure. For Cosby was told that probably half of them would not survive the invasion. Cosby spent the night counseling and praying with those men and he spent the next day pulling the wounded to safety and ministering to the dying. Of all the devastations of that time, the one that most deeply affected him was realizing that these young men being sent into the maw of battle were not equipped to face death. That there was no difference between those raised in the church and those raised outside of the church. And he knew that if he survived the war, he wanted to help form Christians deeply so that they lived differently. That story pierced me when I first heard it and I returned to it over and over again and I have often wondered, I regularly wonder, what makes us any different from others? Shouldn't others be able to tell we are Christians by the way that we speak? and act? Shouldn't being Christian mark us as different in some way in the ways that we live our lives, in the ways that we face death? We're living in uncertain times now. Perhaps we always are. A time when we are so divided in our nation that it seems any political or cultural conversation might end in fisticuffs. We live in a time when there are so many mass shootings we struggle to keep them straight. We're in a time when we can't be confident that our leaders will behave with decorum, will tell the truth. 
in times like this, in times of fear and uncertainty, it can be tempting, even understandable, to fall back on the ways of the world, ways of harsh judgment, violence, an eye for an eye, or worse. It can seem reasonable to rely on the ways of the state, the empire, the military. But today, today is the feast of Christ the King, the feast we always celebrate on the last Sunday of the liturgical year, the last Sunday before Advent. This is the feast when we remember that no matter where we live or who is in power, no matter what the world says is the right way to go, we who follow Jesus have one king. One king we follow. And there is one kingdom to which we claim allegiance. In today's gospel, during the trial before Jesus is crucified, Pilate questions Jesus over and over. Are you the king of the Jews? Are you a king? Jesus sidesteps these questions over and over. After all, Jesus and his followers know all they ever want to know about kings and kingdoms by this point. They know enough about emperors and empires. They're violent and they're deadly and they crush individuals for the sake of power and the goals of the state. Jesus is not that kind of king. Jesus says to Pilate, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over. In other words, if Jesus and his followers were of and like the world, they would use the ways, the tools of the world to protect Jesus. They would use violence. They would have stockpiled weapons, drawn up plans for an armed attack. But Jesus' kingdom works very differently. It's not a place, but a relationship. It's not created with, nor is it defended by, violence. When Pilate asks Jesus again, so you are a king? Jesus answers, you say that I am a king. For this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. And what is the truth Jesus comes to testify to? Jesus tells us this truth. God is love. God loves us, and we know God best, by loving one another. Jesus testifies to another truth. Even though terrible things might happen to us in our own lives, in the world around us, we need not fear for, as Paul writes, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? No, he says, nothing, neither death 
nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So here is the truth. God is love. God loves us. We are to love one another. And no matter what, nothing can separate us from God. Now, none of this means that we won't sorrow when we hear of terrible attacks in synagogues or schools, when we learn of violence at home or abroad. It doesn't mean that we won't be afraid. It shouldn't mean that we don't stand against injustice, that we won't sorrow and act against internment camps at the border of immigrant children. It doesn't mean that we won't sorrow deeply and grieve that humanity, we cannot seem to change our ways to avert climate disaster, even in the face of raging fires and drought. It doesn't mean that righteous anger won't rise up, nor that we won't be tempted to use the ways of the world when we're afraid. It won't, doesn't mean we won't be tempted to violence. These are natural reactions. They are human. But they are also the patterns of worldly empires and kingdoms, not of the one who is Alpha and Omega, the king who has loved and forgiven us all, who has loved and freed us from our sins, who first loved us so that we might love others, who bids us to love our enemies, do good to those who hate, bless those who curse us, pray for those who abuse us. Christ, our King, offers us a way that seems ridiculous, naive. Our king, the prince of peace, bids us to do what we would never choose for ourselves. But it is his way of love and peace. And after all, beloved, we whose king is Christ, shouldn't we differ from the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.